Hey, this is Johnny Jett, and this is my 39 travel questions. And today we have tech expert Amber Mack in the house. Amber, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So, let's a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? So uh, I grew up in rural Prince Edward Island, which is Canada's smallest province. It's on the east coast of Canada. So I grew up in the countryside. Uh, I think that remote life actually led me to wanting more and more of an urban experience. So uh, after I went to university, I ended up out in San Francisco, lived there for a while, uh, worked on uh, G4 Tech TV back in Toronto. And that's where I met Leo Laporte and then Johnny Jett. That's right. That's where we met. And by the way, how long would it take to drive around PEI? That's a really good question. I think you could probably drive uh, end to end in uh, a few hours. Uh, there are actually parts of the island that are so narrow that you can get from one point to the other in less than 30 minutes. So it's not a very big province and uh, there are under 150,000 residents. I would love to go. It's one place It's on my bucket list. I have not been. I heard a lot from you. Um, so where do you live now? So right now I live in Toronto, uh, right downtown, and we are here in our studio. We do video production, a lot of live streaming. And so we have a, a studio in downtown Toronto and I've been here for, I'd say about 14 years. Well, you do have the best looking studio around. I mean, I was like, what am I calling? Am I calling into the wrong show? <laughs> or you're calling in. It's amazing. So It is amazing. I have to say that years ago, I worked uh, at City TV, which is a, a local television news station. And while I was there, I met my now husband, Chris, who was a cameraman. And so we started our own business together. So I will say, especially during a time of crisis right now, it helps to have a cameraman husband. And Chris is on the line. So Chris, you can say hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, dear. <laughs> I like to get Chris in there. He's a great guy. Um, how are you? By the way, where'd you go to college and what was your major? So, so I went uh, to the University of King's College. I did a postgraduate in journalism there. My undergraduate is in English. And just because Chris, I can see that he wants to uh, join in. He went to FAU in Florida. He did. I did. I was an owl, studied philosophy. So that's coming in handy. <laughs> there we go. And how are you Nothing like math. with quarantine? Uh, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I think uh, we were actually in Florida because we have a place down there and uh, we left pretty abruptly because our federal government had announced that Canadians who were abroad should come home. And so uh, like good Canadians, we all follow the rules and we all got on planes. I think there were about a dozen of us that left on the same day. We came back to Canada and fortunately everybody in our family right now is healthy and safe. Um, and uh, I think, you know, we're, we're running our business. We're, we're trying to create as much content as possible. But of course, it's difficult. I work as a keynote speaker, and I'm used to traveling to 50 events a year, and now I'm, I'm grounded like everybody else. Yeah, your son must love it. <laughs> he does, actually. He's 11, so uh, we've been having some quality time together. For sure. And what will it take for you to get back on a plane? Would you fly tomorrow? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, no, I would not fly tomorrow. I mean, one of the biggest issues that uh, I think in terms of flying right now is not that I'm worried about the actual experience of flying. I think there are ways to make that safer. But typically, of course, when you leave any geographic area or cross borders, there is the fact, the reality that you're supposed to uh, self-isolate for two weeks. And I think that becomes very difficult coming home to your family. I don't want to live in my basement for two weeks. You know, we're trying to get out of that experience. With, without a doubt. Um, and what's your favorite American city? 
Uh, my favorite American city is probably Delray Beach, Florida. I will say that uh, it's uh, a, a city that we've gotten to know really well over the past few years. We bought a place down there, uh, close to there, I should say, uh, I guess maybe nine years ago. And uh, I feel as though Delray Beach is one of those towns that has really come into its own and it just keeps getting better and better every year. Uh, Johnny, we, we have all these interesting connections through our life with Toronto and Delray Beach. So it's kind of funny. It's true. Uh, fortunately, we've seen each other many times there. Our parents are my dad's friends with your parents and they've been very kind to him. So thank you for everything. And uh, please tell him I said hello. Um, how about internationally? What's your favorite city? Uh, internationally, uh, that's a good question. I would say that uh, one of the cities that I've enjoyed traveling to the most is probably Tokyo in Japan. So I did a lot of traveling when I was younger with my dad who did uh, international consulting. And so I would tag along on trips with him. And uh, I think Tokyo is just so dynamic and such a culturally just so different. I, I do find sometimes you travel around the world as you do much more than me. And uh, sometimes you get to cities and, you know, you see the same things over and over again. So I like that it, it feels different there. You're, you're a celebrity in Japan because growing <laughs> up that you were, what's the famous book in Canada? I'm spacing on it. And, uh, and Anne of Green Gables. So that's a very famous novel by Lucy Ma Montgomery, which originated in Prince Edward Island, but has international attention. And when I was uh, 13 years old, I was cast in a series of commercials for Panasonic, where they wanted an Anne-like young girl to come and play this character. So I did all these commercials and billboards and magazines, and uh, it was kind of a, a, a really surreal experience. That's amazing. Do they still recognize you when you go back? I think of age, Johnny. I think of age. <laughs> it, doesn't, it does not look like it. So <laughs> I don't know. They have a new girl every year. They call them the Eolia girls. I don't know if they do it anymore, but uh, uh, when I went there, it was uh, a pretty interesting time a couple of years after we shot the commercials. So it was, uh, it was a, a big deal at the time, and uh, I felt tall, so that was cool because I'm only 5'4". <laughs> <laughs> How many countries do you think you've been to? You know, I counted that once, I think it was 26. Uh, so um, I haven't traveled a lot internationally since uh, we had our son Connor. So I have done some trips to Europe, Australia, Brazil, but uh, not as much as when I was younger. I find, uh, I know you love to travel, but I, I do find it gets more difficult to do those international trips when you have a family. It does. So how many continents you've been to? Uh, that's a good question if I count them right now. South America? South America, obviously okay. North America. So Antarctica. No. Six. No. Six, because you already mentioned the others. Yeah, so no Antarctica. Or Africa? You've been to Africa? I, don't I haven't. I have not been to okay, Africa. So. so five. What about you? I've been to six. I've not been to Antarctica. Okay. I need to go, but I don't want to do the Drake Passage. Got it. Okay. Yeah, no, it would, I mean, it's interesting because I always thought throughout my entire life that I would travel more and that would just be part of life. But logistically, sometimes it just doesn't make sense with younger kids. But I'm sure like many people, I'll, I'll get back into the swing of things, especially when you do so much work travel. I think sometimes it's just nice to be home. For sure. Where do you think the friendliest people in the world are? 
The friendliest people in the world. Uh, you know, I obviously a little bit biased, but I would say that the Maritime Province of Canada, which consists of Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick, they have some of the friendliest people around. Uh, and uh, you know, I could probably be a little broader and include Newfoundland, uh, and that would be called Atlantic Canada. Once you include Newfoundland, it's uh, referred to as Atlantic Canada. And the people there are just very, very down to earth. No one locks their doors. Uh, just very humble, very friendly. And uh, it's just a lovely place to go visit. Yeah, you know what? I need to go. And you should be a spokesperson for them. I'm not <laughs> sure why you're not. Honestly. I know. You know, I will say that we bought a house in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island last year, which we redid. I probably mentioned this to you. But uh, if you ever want to go with your family as things get better, make sure you connect with us because we have a house there, which is uh, in income property. Uh, of course, for Johnny Jet, there is no payment. Hey, you do not have to ask twice. Thank you. We'll be there tomorrow. Actually, we'll wait, we'll wait till Canada opens up. I don't, think, I don't think Canada wants Americans right now, and I can't blame them. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's, you know, you're, we're trying to keep everybody safe, right? I mean, that's the challenge I have right now is that uh, many have had probably 25 speaking events that have been postponed, uh, but they are scheduled to start up in August. My first event being in Chicago, Illinois for a healthcare organization. And even right now I have to ask, am I even going to be doing that trip? Even if it's, it's logistically possible, do I want to do that and expose right. my family uh, to the potential risks of that? Yeah, I'm going to bet no, but I hope I'm wrong. I really <laughs> do. How about which country has the meanest immigration officers? <laughs> Oh, that's a terrible question. I don't want to answer that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to answer it. I don't know. You know, I think it's 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 always challenging depending on your circumstances. So I will say that when I, I have lived in the U.S., so I lived in the U.S. for four years, and when I was on a work visa, when I would go back into the United States, uh, I would always get grilled about uh, the reason for me being there and taking jobs from Americans. So that did get a little bit uh, dicey at times, uh, but that was based on the circumstances, I think. It's interesting because when I interview Canadians, they say America, and when I interview Americans, they all say Canada. The yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like, but it's more of a sibling rivalry, don't you think? It's, it's not. No, for sure. I mean, listen, we love Canadians in America. And I, um, I just, the immigration officers are very difficult there. And they're it tough, is. they're strict, but. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think another that, issue. Chris? <laughs> oh, well, boy. I was denied entry to the United States when I was going to school on an F1I-20 visa, and the officer took my note um, wallet, looked through it, found my old Blockbuster card, a Delray Beach and Boynton Beach Public Library card, a bunch of other things, and said, it looks like you're living there. And because I was a first-year university student, my answer was, duh, I am living there. I'm going to school. And he said, wrong answer. And I was escorted out by police to the curb, and that was the end of that. Missed the flight, and they said, do not try to get uh, entry at any other, or do not try to gain entry at any other port of entry. You will be arrested and placed in prison. And then they left me alone, and I called my aunt and said, I have to try again tomorrow. And so I, <laughs> I tried again tomorrow. I took everything out of my wallet, and then I put all the Canadian stuff I could find, and they never even, you know, you just get that guy. I never asked my wallet, walked walk me through. There was no problem. Wow, I'm shocked that the uh, computer didn't pick you up, but this must have been before the whole computer systems were talking to each other. 
Yeah. I am very old. Yes. I, I mean, I think, <laughs> but it's a good point too. And I think that uh, sometimes the rules at the border, and I don't think this is just uh, Canada and the US, but sometimes there's different interpretations of what is allowed. So right now I'm on an E1 visa, which means I have a five-year visa to go into the US back and forth as much as I want. But not every immigration officer really understands that category. So you run into these these different rules depending on who you see. And I think that's, that's, that's probably part of the issue as well. Yeah. And that's actually a good tip for anybody with anything. If you're calling to get your airline ticket changed and the operator says, you know, you can't do it, you just be very polite, hang up, call back. And if you get another person, chances are they'll do it. So people aren't created equal, unfortunately, at the borders or anywhere in in business or in life. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, I think you're exactly right. It really depends on who you go to because sometimes I cross the border and I'll have an immigration officer who is really friendly, doesn't even ask me anything. Sometimes they really interrogate me and uh, take the whole experience to heart. So, uh, but I find being friendly is uh, the best approach, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who tell me they have had a terrible experience and I know those people too well to know that part of the problem is them. <laughs> For sure. How about your favorite U.S. airport? Uh, you know what? I think it would be Minneapolis. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you've been to that airport. It's a great airport, and you're not alone to say that. Yeah, I was really uh, impressed when I went there because I guess I didn't have a lot of expectations of that airport. But what really just blew me away is that there was so much to do there. I had quite a long wait and I realized that uh, it's just so expansive. It's like being in a shopping mall. So that was a surprise to me. And, and, and I will give some uh, kudos to LaGuardia because at least in the terminal I fly into uh, for Air Canada, they have improved that terminal immensely. So uh, that's good news. I just interviewed someone just before you and they said LaGuardia for... Yeah for the same reasons but um you know minneapolis you can land in minneapolis and you can you don't even have to leave the airport you can fly in the middle of winter and get on the uh, tram and go right to the mall of america which is the large one of the largest malls in the world and you can there's two hotels there so you could go you could actually see like part of the whole area without even going outside for days yes. So I would say, yes. So uh, best airport in the U.S., I would say Minneapolis. I would say most improved would be LaGuardia if I had to put them in the, that category. And my least favorite is Fort Lauderdale. Sorry to my Floridian friends. Yeah, well, I'm not a big fan of Fort Lauderdale either. Um, airport. How about internationally? Um, internationally, that is a good, good question. Uh, you know what? I know this is going to sound very strange and I haven't flown in there for a long time, but I would say Heathrow because I think if you like that hustle and bustle and people watching, uh, that's kind of the place to be. So that would probably be one of my favorites. My wife's favorite is T5 in Heathrow, British Airways. I mean, it's, it's a really good airport. Um, what's the longest flight you've ever, ever taken? So, uh, well, you know, I've flown, I've been to Australia a couple of times. I've been to Japan. Those are quite long flights. I've been to Sri Lanka. That's also a long flight. Um, I would say that my trip to Australia many years ago with Chris, we were actually working with Tony Robbins, who people may know is, uh, of course, the life coach that uh, is uh, quite famous right now. Uh, we were working with him for a while and we flew to Australia, I believe, for a total of 48 hours and then flew back. Um, and uh, we had some pretty long connections through Los Angeles and it was just, I came home and I remember laying on my floor and I, I felt like I was still moving. The jet lag was so bad and I just never adjusted. So um, it was, it was probably the longest trip. And then it was, you know, also the shortest trip, which made the whole travel experience horrendous. 
Well, two things about that. Next time you have a long layover at LAX, you guys let me know. And secondly, Tony Robbins, I went to his seminar. Please tell me he took you to Namale, his um, Fijian Aww. resort. Well, I have not been there, but I will say that we have been invited, uh, I guess, twice now. So we were invited once to uh, his son's wedding, which was there because we're close to Jarek, and he's just a phenomenal person you should follow on social media, does lots of traveling as well, lots of good travel tips, Jarek Robbins. Uh, and then uh, when we worked with a company called Shopify, where Tony Robbins was one of the mentors, uh, we were supposed to go there, and I think just logistically it wasn't possible. That's a, that's a long trip. I'm just hearing about this now. <laughs> I was unaware that on two times we could have gone to Fiji. Well, I've taken my dad to Namale, and it's an incredible resort, so... Tony, Rose, Tony cool. wasn't there. I met him a couple times, but he was really nice. And I, uh, I'm friends with his uh, son on social. So I will actually ask him to be on the show. Yeah, you really should. He's just, Jarek is one of our favorite people. And interestingly, um, he is uh, now living in Puerto Rico, uh, which is, uh, he moves all over the place. So not only, only does he travel a lot, uh, but they also move a lot. Well, I will, I will hit him up. Um, I was going to ask you, have you ever sat next to any famous celebrities on planes? So Tony Robbins or he, or he was on his jet? Yeah, so uh, I, I will tell a really quick story about my first experience sitting beside Tony Robbins on a plane. Um, am I allowed to swear? I never swear. I, I just want to say one tiny swear word. Of course you Okay. Can. I'm not a big swear, but I will tell you that when I first met Tony Robbins, uh, we were meeting about us doing some social media work with them. And so apparently, you know, obviously his schedule is crazy. So the only time you really had to chat was between a flight uh, between Toronto, uh, Ontario and London, Ontario. It's a very quick flight under an hour on his private jet. So he invited me to come on his jet to have this conversation about doing business. I'm not the best flyer, always a little bit fearful on, on the plane. And so I got on the plane with him. And of course, it's this beautiful private jet, but it feels just like a small and terrifying plane to me. So we're flying and it's really rough weather. And I'm trying to talk to him about all the stuff that we can do together in the social media space. And he's so lovely and kind and everything. And then we get off the plane and sorry, the sirens may be kind of loud. It's we okay. get off the plane and we walk off the plane together and I turn to him and I say, hey, Tony, I just want to apologize. I feel like I wasn't myself during this meeting because I'm kind of a nervous flyer. And he looks at me and he goes, no shit. <laughs> and then I realize that you can't fool Tony Robbins. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> He's like a great guy. He is. He was really sweet, but I was laughing because I thought that I could, I could, you know, hide the fact that I was terrified. And uh, you just can't do that to someone who spends their life reading no. and helping people. <laughs> you can't fool that guy. Uh, what's your drink of choice on the ground and on the air? Well, <laughs> you know that I'm also a non-drinker uh, like you. So it's been uh, 20 years. I've been totally sober. And uh, I will, will say that uh, I mostly stick to water. Uh, in the air, if I'm feeling crazy, I'll have a Diet Coke. Uh, that's the most boring answer you'll have on ginger your Ginger beer? Show. You like ginger beer too, right? I don't really drink a lot of ginger beer, but okay. that's funny. Do you like ginger beer? Yes, I do. It's, I know someone else who just loves ginger beer. Uh, yeah, I've never really uh, gotten hooked on ginger beer. I think when I went to one of your guys' lunches or dinners at your house, you guys had ginger beer. And I was like, it's I possible. love ginger beer. Although. Yeah, that's. Um, all right. How about your favorite restaurant? Uh, my favorite restaurant. Oh, that is a really uh, good question. Let me think. Anywhere in the it. world. And Chris, what's your favorite restaurant in Delray Beach? He's going to steal my answer. No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? I, what? Don't point at me. I know you're pointing. I can still see you. <laughs> What's your answer, Amber? You go first. Muscle Beach in Delray Beach, Florida, where they serve Prince Edward Island mussels all different ways. 
is awesome. I was going to go with the All-American Hot Dog Shack right there at Swinton, so because I know my town. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I haven't been there either, so I'm going to have to check it out. What's the craziest thing you've ever eaten? The craziest thing I've ever eaten. Uh, So when I went to Japan for the first time with my dad on a business trip, uh, I had alligator and that was many years ago. So that would probably be the craziest thing I've ever eaten. I didn't love it, but I ate it. Yeah. It doesn't taste like chicken or maybe it does. (laughs) It's a little bit tougher. I've erased the memory, Johnny Jet. You're bringing it up. (laughs) How about favorite hotel? Uh, My favorite hotel. Okay. Let me think about this one. Um, oh, these are such good questions. I should have been more prepared. Don't for the say favorite. the Delray Beach Marriott. No, I, but it's a nice place, but I will not say that. Uh, favorite well, it's hotel. not a Marriott anymore. It's not. This is a good question. So I, this is really interesting. I did a speaking event in Southern Florida, south of Miami at this exclusive resort that you have to basically get permission to come in and out of the resort. And I'm blanking on I haven't sure. Uh, no, Aventura is north. This is a little bit south. Um, I'll find you the name and leave it in the comments. But uh, okay. is it like it Fisher's was, Island or something, maybe? No, it wasn't Fisher's Island, but it was it was close to that region for sure. Okay, I'll have to I'll have to think about it. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to do a blog post on this, and I'm going to send you the questions to make sure that you know everything's correct, and you can fill it in there. And by the way, while I'm talking about that, how can people find you on social and on online? Yeah, so super easy. You can find me everywhere at Amber Mac, and uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, super easy to find me. And I will get back to you on the hotel. You know what's funny is that I travel so much. I've stayed in so many hotels, and I think I, I just have this block because after a while, they sort of feel like the same. What's your favorite hotel, just out of curiosity? You know, I have so many, but... Um... You know, for Australia, it was a Southern Ocean Lodge on Kangaroo okay. Island, but it just burned down, which is terrible. Um, also, um, in, L- in California, actually in the U.S., Cavallo Point outside of San Francisco. Okay. Beautiful. I mean, I, I, listen, I, I could be here for a long time, but, um, yeah. you know, I actually interviewed Heather Greenwood Davis yesterday, and I asked her who are some of her favorite people to follow on social or newsletters to sign up to, and she named you. So actually, I need to sign up to your newsletter. I I didn't even realize you had one. Yeah, so we did the newsletter for a few years, and it's every Tuesday, uh, no surprises, and you can get it at ambermac.com slash newsletter, and basically it's a digest of uh, 10 technology tips and tools that you can use just to make your life easier. There's no strings attached, uh, just really to help people every week get along, you know, so we know people are, are having challenges with platforms like Zoom. We will dive in and create content around how to use Zoom, so it's for people who, again, need that help in terms of technology. Well, I'm going to sign up. Everyone, please sign up to my newsletter. Also, subscribe to this channel. Like this video. Um, Amber, how about the best hotel view? Um, I would have to say that probably, um, I think it's the Pan Pacific in Vancouver. That has a pretty beautiful view, and I've stayed there many times. And there's something about Vancouver. I've been there dozens and dozens of times, but there's something magical about being on the sea and and seeing these seaplanes land and then the mountains in the background with the snow on the top of the mountains. It's just, it's such a special city. I was going to ask you your favorite island, but I have a feeling I know what it is, but... Prince Edward Island. Yes. All the way. (laughs) Okay. Favorite beach? 
Uh, favorite beach is probably, I, I would actually say Brackley Beach on Prince Edward Island, which is a national park on the northern side of the island. Uh, the one interesting thing about Prince Edward Island, and I, I never really realized how special it was until I moved away from there, is that uh, it has these beautiful white sand dunes, similar to what you would find in Cape Cod or Nantucket, uh, but they just go for miles and miles. And you can actually, within minutes, walk to an area on the beach where there are no other people, even mid-season. So that makes it, I think, extra special. For sure. And are you adventurous at all when you travel? And if you are, what's the most adventurous activity you've ever done? Adventurous activity. You know, I no, I would say that uh, I'm actually very conservative in terms of physical adventure. So even I think in business, I'm actually much more of a risk taker. When it comes to adventurous travel, I feel as though uh, I am not that adventurous in terms of trying out new types of things. Uh, I am one of those people who I love hotel lobbies. I'm happy to sit in a lobby with coffee, people watch by myself, and I'm good with that. Yeah. Although that might be different these days. We'll see what happens. I'll be by uh, myself. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, any movies expire, uh, inspired you to travel? Any movies inspire me to travel? Uh, so uh, that's also a really good question. And TV show so, or, or, and book and in the Green Gables? That- yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, I can't say Anne of Green Gables again because it's getting to be a little bit of a cop out uh, in terms of traveling. But I'm trying to think, you know, I, I have to say that uh, when I, and, and he's passed away, so it's so sad. But uh, when Anthony Bourdain did his show on CNN and would travel to all these different areas in the world and try new food, uh, I think that was one of the best travel slash food shows that uh, has ever been around. So I think that that was always an inspiring program that I would watch. I agree. Without a doubt. I love that show. Uh, Worst travel moment. Oh, gosh. How long do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I've had so many. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to pick one. Okay, so I traveled to Washington State uh, a couple of months ago, and I was there for a speaking event uh, that was in rural Washington State. And uh, I flew into uh, Seattle Airport, and uh, I had a car that was supposed to pick me up and drive me through the mountains to rural Washington State for my speaking event. Uh, So the car picked me up, and they had an address that was the incorrect address that was a hotel in downtown Seattle, which I was not going to. Uh, When I told them where I actually needed to be, Uh, They said there was such bad weather over the mountains, they couldn't possibly go there because they didn't have chains on their tires. Um, And so that didn't work out. When I tried to get a flight there, a tiny little plane, there were no flights available. So I just basically sat in Seattle airport and felt helpless. That wasn't that long ago. So you can see how many bad experiences I've had. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Whoa. Um, All right. Most embarrassing travel moment. And I'm down to like three more questions. Oh, yeah, no worries. So uh, if there are moms watching, you will totally understand this. But uh, after I had my son, I was traveling to Houston, Texas for a speaking event. And luckily, I was sitting in business class, which was definitely a joy. And uh, I was also nursing. And it was one of my first trips uh, while uh, I was nursing. And I didn't really realize what would happen when you weren't nursing and you went away from your child because it was my first and only child. (laughs) So I go to Houston. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting very engorged. And uh, I'm on the plane in business class. And they're giving out the hot towels. And I basically ask for two and stick them down my shirt. And that was a moment for me where I realized that business travel for women versus men can be very different, especially after a baby. (laughs) Wow. 
Yes, I would say so. What's your dream destination? Uh, my dream destination, uh, you know, I've never really spent time in Italy. Uh, I've been to Italy on tours. I did a Contiki tour when I was in college, those type of things. But I just think the countryside of Italy is so beautiful. And uh, I'm friends with Debbie Travis. I'm not sure if you know her. She's a, um, a home design star on television. And she actually bought a, a villa uh, in Italy where she does these retreats for women. And uh, it's always been something I've thought about uh, one day where I would love to go there and bring my mom as well. Awesome. I'm going to try and get her on the show too. You should. I can connect you. She's fabulous. That'd be great. Thank you. Um, what's the most important thing travel has taught you? I think the most important thing that travel has taught me is to be patient. Uh, I have never quite understood the people who are uh, always rushing through the airport, screaming at people who work there. I just, I feel as though it lacks civility sometimes because people's expectations are just out of control. So I think when you travel a lot, you learn to be patient. If there's a mechanical issue, you definitely want them to fix that. So uh, I think we have to be patient and kind throughout the process. So I see too much of people, I think, overreacting. And and it's just not going to get you anywhere. And, and we really need to have more empathy during our travel. Agreed. I can use that as your best travel tip too, unless you have another one. Oh, please do. I mean, I think, well, I do have, that will be my best travel tip, but I will also say that I bring snacks everywhere I go because you never know when you're going to be able to get food or not. So I am one of those people who travels like a true mom, even if I'm by myself where my bag is filled with snacks. So if you see me on a flight and you're hungry, just come over because I will be able to feed you. <laughs> well, that's a very good tip. Um, and my last question for you is like, what are some of your favorite travel apps or what's one that not many people know about um, or what do you use the most? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. I have my phone right here. So let me just uh, bring this up so I can see. I think um, there's a bunch of travel apps that I use. Uh, Hipmunk, you might know them well. Although they just uh, went under. They did? Yes. Oh my gosh. They tried to, terrible. They, they, they were sold and then they, they, they closed it. They tried to buy it back and... Um, I'm pretty sure it's done. Although there could have been some update, but that's terrible. Yeah. Um, but it was a great, it was a great app and website. Yeah, that was great. I honestly have so many on my phone right now. I, I will, I'll grab another one. So another one, um, I've used silver car quite a bit. Yes, That's great. And it's great. You know, I find, um, I love, these services that are so consistent, right? With the experience, with the product that you're going to get. And I think Silver Car has done a really good job of that. And especially if you're traveling with kids and you can afford to use Silver Car, I know it can be a little bit pricier sometimes. There's nothing like someone coming to pick you up at the terminal. Uh, I think it just makes life easy when you know you have to rent a car. It does. And they're all brand new Audis. And these yeah, days with the whole COVID thing, they're really making it sure it's clean. Um, yeah, if you got to rent a car right now, that's a good one to do. Yeah. Amber Mack, thank you very much for taking the time. Chris, thank you for joining in. Hey, I hope to see you guys in Delray and LA and Toronto, wherever. Prince Edward Island. Even better. PEI, baby. Yes, 2021. <laughs> Follow Amber Mack on all her social. Please subscribe to this channel and uh, like this video. Thank you guys. Thanks so much.